Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mac Show. I'm Jeff Gamut. I'm your interim host, sitting in for you and Rankin. And uh, if there's a panel of amazing people here and me, then it clearly must be Friday. <laughs> and uh, and I look around, I see a cool panel of amazing people and me. Yep, it's Friday. So I got it right. We're on the Mac Show. Um, it's great to be here with all of you. And uh, um. Maybe Ewan can join us today. Maybe not. Well, you know what? By the time the show ends, we'll know if he was able to to join in today. Um, we were doing Formula One racing last night, and he had a few drinks. So maybe that's got something to do with it. <laughs> sure, I could see that. Yep. And uh, I, hope, I hope you mean a game, Will. <laughs> yeah. Formula One, like okay. virtual racing. There's, there's a something called the F1 Arcade, where we live. And it's basically a bar with just F1 simulators. So, uh, yeah, and he was getting very annoyed because everyone kept smashing him off the road. So. <laughs> so it sounds like you're driving in the United States. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, as long as we're already talking about getting drunk um, and driving off the road, Will, how are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm always drunk. Um, no, um, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Well, it's it's great to have you back, and you. and it sounds like you're going to be able to join us a lot. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, um, I I'm glad that uh, that you have been roped in, and you are now one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Happy um, to be here. Awesome, Dave. How are you doing? Doing great. It's Friday. Glad to be here. It's it's absolutely amazing weather here in the last couple of days. It's like fifty-seven uh, degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which is unheard of in in February and winter here. Uh, so that's why I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt today. It's just so so beautiful here today. So, uh, but enjoying it. Uh, but uh, looking forward to the weekend, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Great to have you here, as always. Where Where are you from, yeah. Dave? I, Chicago. Like, I, ah, Chicago. Okay, so. Excuse me, like, isn't 57 degrees cold? But, like, maybe not for Chicago. Not, no, not, no, okay. not on February 11th or whatever. Okay. Time, what is it? He's used to minus, minus 57, maybe. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> not, not far off. Yeah. Because, I mean, this time of year, um, within the five the last five years, we have had days that are negative 40 Fahrenheit. Yeah. We well, did. so I, I went dog sledding in northern Sweden in the Arctic Circle, and it was minus 42 degrees centigrade. So uh, I think I win. <laughs> you do win. <laughs> yeah. Barely, but yes. Well, I mean, a, a, at that point, negative 40 is literally negative 40. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could talk about some of my coldest skiing experiences, but uh, all that really matters is that we have all survived incredibly cold temperatures. How do you know? How do you know a Brit is in the conversation? It's because we're talking about the weather already. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we do. We too tend to bring up the weather periodically, um, just so that all all of our UK viewers can feel comfortable and at home. I mean, I was, we used I to literally have a, a bolder weather report. That's true. Show. We did. I was listening to a to a UK radio station yesterday, and they were talking about how the fact that the UK is so small 
and our weather reports are like two minutes long. But in somewhere like LA, it's a 10 minute slot on the on the morning <laughs> show. And it's kind of like, you know, but it's 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 26 degrees in this county and it's 27 degrees in that county. Whereas in the UK, it's literally it can be like minus 12 in Scotland and plus 12 in Cornwall. And it's like, and it gets two minutes on the on the morning <laughs> TV shows. Yeah. Uh, oh, Patrice, just for you, here's a bolder weather report for 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 you. <laughs> um, so it has been unseasonably warm. Um, although last week it was uh, a blizzard and uh, and very very cold, but it's been sunny and and um, um, actually it got up to sixty Fahrenheit for a few days. Today, however. Um, we are all waiting for the snow to hit. And we, we were told on all the weather reports yesterday for the, the whole front range. So, well, I, yeah, it's like the whole Northern half of Colorado. Don't, don't go anywhere and don't do anything. If you, if you need to do shopping, do it in the morning, be home by four in the afternoon, because it's going to hit and it's going to hit like that. And it's going to be crazy. Hmm. Sounds like the UK where we get a centimeter of snow. It's definitely more than a centimeter. But the result is the same. It's like, we'll go snow. It's like, you know, and everything stops. Yeah. Yeah. If here we got, here we got two feet of it and people still shot it. It got down to negative twenty, and people still shot a movie. Yeah, well, hey, uh, film is expensive, and the and the time is expensive. So, if if you're if you're already shooting a film, and the weather changes, and it's not the weather you wanted, you rewrite part of the script to account for the weather that you have. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. They they literally had to move the outdoor portions of it to the museum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Ben related to that, um, years ago, I was on a film shoot. I was, uh, the, uh, technical advisor on a, on a movie shoot on location in, uh, several locations in Italy. And mm-hmm. so we were, um, shooting on this big, um, uh, olive orchard mm-hmm. and, um, um, we're staying at this big house on the property and we got there, scouted everything out and, uh, and it was late enough in the day that we couldn't get the shots that we wanted because the light was wrong. So plan was get up in the morning and go do the shots. And we get up in the morning and all of Europe had been devastated with a blizzard overnight. <laughs> and, uh, and we I think I knew when that was. I, I remember that. I, yeah, it was it was kind yeah. of crazy. I'm sure yeah. you uh-huh. Yeah. Um yeah, so they had to film anyhow. And part of the thing was they they were uh um hitting golf balls out into the orchard while they're doing this uh this conversation. Mm-hmm. So we still had to do it and they had to completely rewrite the whole scene 
and because of the snow they had to they had to change the uh, the focus of the movie from being just a straight up psychological thriller to being a comedy that had psychological thriller elements in it <laughs> yeah, that's funny so there you go anyhow fun fun fact mm-hmm once had to repair Steven Spielberg's Mac when they were filming Ready Player One in uh, oh wow nice in in Birmingham. Like where they shot that is a place called Digbeth in Birmingham, and that's where our old shop used to be. Mm-hmm. A guy came in and he said, "This is Steven Spielberg's Mac. It needs to be fixed right now." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> oh well. You know, if it needs to be fixed right now and it's that important, I'll just keep putting zeros on the end of the bill and you'll pay That's it. it. That's exactly. it. Like anything anything can be done. It just it's just a matter of price. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I lost track of who I've said hi to so far. I know I, I know think it's Will. just Will. Just you? No. <laughs> just Will. Just well. Second week on, and I'm taking over. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Oh no, it's that's all right. Um, well, at this rate, we'll be able to actually start talking about articles uh, with like five minutes left in the show. Oh yeah, yeah. which is not unusual. Also, TSO host. <laughs> right. Yeah. P- partway through introductions, I, I'm going to have to do the TSO host bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's it's now time for cool things. Right. Yeah. Speaking no, of no cool things, Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. That's all. I'm so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Where are your sunglasses? Yeah. I don't have them <laughs> uh, See, Dave. Dave is so cool that he's he's gone from I need to wear sunglasses because I'm so cool to I'm so cool that I don't even need to have the sunglasses to still radiate how cool I am. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. Then, Ben, how are you? Waiting for that, that to come up, right? Uh, all right. For those of you that are listening at home, Ben just gave me a thumbs up, which could have been far worse. Just, uh, was that, was that a, are you sure that was a thumb, Jeff? Well, for all of those people that that are listening and not watching, they'll just have to trust me on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's it's too bad Ben had to drop off already. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody kicked. Somebody did a kick. Uh. Yeah. Anyhow, all right. Well, I guess speaking of awesome hand gestures, Chuck, how are you? <laughs> I just had to roll with what I had, Chuck. <laughs> Okay, that's all right. That's all right. Oh my, that's all right. My, my hands are below the camera, so you have no idea what's going on down there. Um, oh, it's worse. And it's the show worse. just changed completely. <laughs> yes. Only As it came out of my mouth, I realized, yeah, that's not what I meant, but that's all right. Anyway, no, I'm good. I have, I have no weather to report. I have uh, nothing to report other than that, that I personally predict that in the Super Bowl, Taylor Swift will be the winner. I, yes. I think that's. I think that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. Taylor Swift is always the winner. Also, everyone, don't forget to sign up for Chuck's OnlyFans so you can see what's going on below <laughs> the camera. 
So, yes, so I know this is sacrilege. I, I know this is sacrilege. When, like, I'm a Brit. I don't know when the Super Bowl is. When is the Super Bowl? Sunday. Uh, well, for us, it's no, for, for you, it's Monday. It's Monday right. morning, actually. Ah, okay. Cool. Oh yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. It starts at. Uh, and who's playing? Six p.m. Monday. Uh, San, San Francisco Forty Niners, Kansas, Casey Chiefs, Kansas City. Yeah. Mm. See, I forgot. I should have been wearing my my Forty Niners like jersey today. That I got yeah, from th Tom. Th that's okay. So, thanks, Tom. Yeah, yeah, th <laughs> yeah. That's okay, Patrice. You can just turn your uh, your thing to the Forty Niners logo. <laughs> that is true. I could do that. Yeah. Oh wait, I thought it was <laughs> science fiction. I thought that's what you were. But it was San Francisco. I get it. <laughs> Will, if if it's any consolation for the whole sacrilege thing, I live in the United States. I had no idea that the Super Bowl uh, hadn't already happened, except for the fact that uh, that Ben set me straight on the date. Well, and, and again, this is sacrilege. I'm a Brit who doesn't like soccer. Or football, really. Well, I know, but I'm 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 translating. <laughs> well, I mean, ten technically, they're both codes of football. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Premier League is the association code. NFL is the American variation of the gridiron code. Although my wife's my wife's um, cousin is a uh, American football coach in Canada. Wow. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> good for uh, you. Good for me. Well, good for for everyone that would be on the team. Because I'd be like, like, all right, everyone, go put on your costumes, and oh, look, uh, look at her, and, and we're gonna throw <laughs> that ball thing around, and uh, and just make sounds like everything hurts. Well done. Let's hit the bar. <laughs> See, sci-fi. That's what's scrolling <laughs> behind Patrice. That's so cool. That is that story pretty well, Patrice. I like it. Mm -hmm. Oh, Ben, bless your heart. Dropping a line like, so, stories. When I still have to say, Patrice, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm really tired. I traveled 10 days out of the last 14. So I was like first in in Portugal. It was like I had three seasons in like two weeks. I was in Portugal. It was really nice. It was spring, like twenty degrees centigrade. So like seventy degrees Fahrenheit outside. It was really beautiful. And then I came back here. It was kind of uh, warm but really windy. And then I went to Germany. It was like fall. It was raining and everything. So it's been yeah. It's so been a you good, got to experience everything. I all except for snow, so which I'm very happy about because I really hate it. So there's that. No, but I, it's, I'm it's glad been that a good. There week, was sun so. in there somewhere for you. There was definitely sun in there somewhere. And today it's like, was it like six fifty fifty degrees and kind of overcast, nothing special. So all good. No, it's been been a good week. Like I'm still have a ton of work to do. I have a long weekend, so I have a Monday off. Because of course you do. Of course I do. Yeah. yeah. So is it because I'm of the that. Super Bowl? No. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not. No, no. That's just a coincidence. 
Yeah. Um, unlike the United States, where your request for time off for your own funeral would probably be denied. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, oh, like I, I really like that that the the 49ers decided to like throw a concert just for my birthday. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's me. Well, um, <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, might as well, right? Um, all right. Well, let. Uh, here, here on the American Tech Network, we're going to take it international to start, and uh, let's talk about the EU and Apple and um, and what's happening with progressive web app support, and people are kind of freaking out. Um, so the condensed version, so everyone knows what what we're talking about. The uh, the DMA in the EU has. Uh, has regulations that okay the eu is forcing apple and other companies that that have what what they see as uh, as very strong control in specific markets to um open up so that uh that there's more competition ish that's a, that's a horribly <laughs> distilled us version of, of uh, explanation of what's going on all right so part of this um from apple's perspective for compliance means that because safari uh on ios would have a competitive advantage over other web browsers which will now be allowed to to be on ios devices apple can't allow progressive web apps to function as standalone apps and instead have to force those back into your web browser of choice because otherwise they're running through safari and uh, and then that gives apple an unfair advantage now whether or not that's the the uh the best way to interpret that that that's basically apple's <laughs> interpretation of what's happening i mean not even that there is no official word from Apple. Yeah. Oh, true. It's, it's just true. it just yeah. showed up in in beta one, and in uh, like it just started. It just broke in beta one, and now in beta two, you get a like a pop up that tells you, "Hey, it's now opening in your default web browser," whatever that is. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like there is no official word that this is like exactly how it's gonna. Be. Like it could literally be this is a step, and then later on it starts working again. We don't know anything really. Yeah. But it is, I, I understand it on a technical level. It's like, okay, like, I mean, like, if your default browser is, I don't know, Brave, stick one, or, or Opera, Edge, or, or, Edge whatever. or whatever. Like, I don't yeah. want to pick, pick the big one. So Opera, let's take Opera. Mm -hmm. Opera. So Opera, let's take that. Then I think you as a user would expect that your PWAs open in... Your, or, or use your browser in the background. I mean, even if you don't understand how they technically work, you would probably expect that they work the same as in they work in your browser, right? Mm -hmm. So, because there mm -hmm. can be differences between browsers sometimes. So it kind of makes sense that if your default browser is Opera, 
that it shouldn't use Safari in the background for your for your web apps. Mm -hmm. Apple's solution seems to be to say, okay, just not doing that anymore. You just they just open in your browser, <laughs> which is uh, technically okay. Yes, mm -hmm. that's how it could work, but it causes issue. I mean, I, I and I can tell you yeah, that from causes from issues. From, from my perspective, because we have, as our company, like we have PWAs, I've actually been working on two of them with my teams the last couple of years, actually, mm -hmm. uh, well, year and a half, um, for very good reasons. I, I hate to say it, but it, there are cases where PWAs are just a better solution. Like we have, we have customers that expect customized apps for them, like branded for them and whatever, but it's not feasible to maintain hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of basically clones of an app in the app stores. Mm -hmm. Just not scalable. Like it's really difficult if you want to re roll out the release and you have to go through like iTunes Connect and all of that. It's just not possible. So PWA is better because you can just like give them a different URL and they install it and it works. So it's, I think uh, it's not a bad solution. It's actually a good solution for certain cases. Mm -hmm. um, and this breaks it because in a browser one, you have less space because you have always the, some browser Chrome around it. Mm -hmm. And it also breaks some functionality like push notifications and some functionality that PWS had available because they were kind of running in a special mode almost in the, in sure. the you, you have the potential system. for data loss yeah that yeah. you wouldn't have if you're running as a as a progressive web app yes so yeah. that's simply not good it's not yeah yeah i mean i i, I get people's upset about this but not communicating this to their customers is a really I'm just going to say dick move. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm not, not even the customers, the developers currently, like yeah. it's not, it's not yet in customers' hands. Yeah. Not, not telling customers right now, is that a dick move? Because, because this is beta, this is, this is not yeah. shipping software yet. However, not telling developers, Hey, this is happening. Mm-hmm. I think that fits under the dick move part. And then yeah. if Apple doesn't say anything when um, when 17.4 officially releases, if nothing has changed, then yeah, now now that uh, reaches out and uh, it includes customers too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This should have been in that snarky press release. It should have been, yeah. All right, so is this... Malicious compliance, or is this necessary move? And I'm asking as, as someone who is not developing apps, like I genuinely, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, the the only reason we know about it was literally stuff stopped working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it's only in the EU. For me, for example, it's still working because I think my because I have a US App Store account and I think that's why it's not showing. Mm. Otherwise, I would have noticed because our apps would stop working. Yeah, I, I can't help but get on my on my soapbox just a little bit here. Go for it. This is one more time that it's a beta. 
Okay. It's mm -hmm. not out in the public. So things get turned on and off in betas that we're all reading into this, you know, this article reads into it and, you know, it seems a little unusual. I grant you that, but until it becomes an issue, it's not an issue is, is the way I see it. I, and, and yeah, I'm, but I'm like, Jeff, yes I'm and not no. developing software. Mm -hmm. So yes and know. no, if, if this, I mean, you're right. I mean, for the article, I, I totally with you. This like 99.9% .9 of the articles I've seen about this are one, pure speculation, and two, even sometimes factually wrong. So mm -hmm. different story. If this is if this is a bug or a feature that gets released later or something, I would be I would be with you and say, okay, it's not the problem yet. If yeah. this is in fact how it's gonna ship in 17 bot. Point four, then yes, we should be talking about it now because people will and normal users won't have to prepare for that. Yeah. I mean, we're less than a month away from March 6th. Yeah. Developers, users, everybody will have to prepare for this to happen. And I think that it, then it's, we should be talking about it then. Yeah. Yep. I mean, also. Go ahead, Chuck. Also, okay. some, if it's something that's going to be in the final release, other Chuck uh, de developers like the the company Patrice works for uh, should be uh, should be able to kind of send out a pre notice to uh, to their clients to not update for to seventeen point four or the associated operating systems mm -hmm. um, if, if we until there's a fix. <laughs> Yeah, if we could, we would do that, and it's not yeah. not in our hands. But um, no, it's it's uh, the, the the problem is right now we're talking to customers about that and like saying, oh yeah, and PWAs are like a good solution, and here's why, and blah blah blah. And now it's not true anymore. And and Patrice, you make a fair point. You know, if if it really is expected to ship that way, we just you know, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, At, or or somewhere between now and March six, you know. Ben said, you know, four weeks till, till March 6th, give or take. Um, you know, that's, I, I'm not a developer, so I don't know how much notice would be required or would be a, would be acceptable. But I just, I, I, I guess, I'm sorry, it's my bias. I get so burned out on all the, the, the smoke and fire that comes out of all the beta discussion when it's beta discussion. And, you know, and, and Apple has created some of this problem for itself by doing these public betas and allowing more people to play with them. So, you know, that's that's on them. But it's on can, you if you're yeah. it's on you if you if you are downloading the beta and then mm -hmm. something stops working and you're uh, upset sure. about it for, for yourself. If it stops working for yourself. Yeah. OK, that's it's on you. But I can tell you one thing. Four weeks is not enough time. Yeah. It's enough to send out something like a press release or something or tell customers, yeah, okay. But to actually do something about this, like this fundamental, takes longer than four weeks. Because if the if like if if it completely if it's completely unfeasible to use a PWA for your use case, mm -hmm. then you have to switch to an alternative approach. I mean, and I'm guessing that approach is not the browser because then otherwise you wouldn't have a problem with this. Mm -hmm. And that takes more than four weeks to. I think to get ready. Yeah, I can tell you that. Like, it takes more than four weeks. Yeah. So, so, mm -hmm. so the solution in that case is either uh, you have to develop a native app, 
or something. Or you have yeah. to switch to yeah. a platform that supports PWA. Yeah, if you can. Like, if sure. you can. If you can. Like if if your if your target audience is average person out on the street, you do not control that. What what device and what versions they use. Right. So, yeah. That's it's a difficult as I said yeah native app or there there is there is ways like you can you can build a quasi native app with like a PWA built in that's there there is a bunch of examples I mean Slack too if you honest, is one mm -hmm. kind of app like that so it, there there is there is ways to do it but it takes longer than four weeks to do that and if I would have expected um for this especially an official some kind of official thing from it. So I think that's the point where it's okay. Why didn't they talk about it? Is this maybe just a bug or a step in yeah. between? Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things where we need official word, whether it's a bug or a feature. Yeah, and soon. And what could happen is that Apple says, okay, technically we cannot do this right now. Please, dear EU, is this okay if we do it in formats or whatever? Could be one of those cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so. But I mean that that's also one of the problems with having so many, uh, you know, cooks in the kitchen here. And yeah, some of those cooks aren't actually cooks; they're just people standing there saying, "Do this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I say the hotel manager sitting there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, T telling you how to prepare a, a dish. Yeah, yeah, or um, or more like the city health department. Yeah, yeah. It's as I said, it's gonna be interesting. Like I'm, I know a lot of people are very happy or very pushy. I, I want to say on the PWA side, they're like, "Oh, this is the best solution," and like, "Oh, like every like PWA everywhere," and all of that. I'm kind of skeptical about it, but I, I do see sometimes use cases where it makes sense. So this this is really, this is bad for, I think this is bad for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree. And uh, and Chuck, you are right. For for end users, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be speculating on unreleased software. Mm -hmm. Right. On the developer side, this is something where developers should not be in the dark. A Apple needs to to be very clearly setting out the roadmap for developers on on this aspect. So if it's this is a temporary thing until we get this hammered out with the EU, okay, fine. Let let developers know. If they need to come up with different solutions, they need to know that as well. And if this is a thing where Apple is temporarily disabling the uh, the P PWA support while they get a better software solution in place so that PWAs work correctly again, that's something developers need to know as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, all right. Well, speaking of developers, um, yeah, here's Ben's favorite story of the week. Turns out that uh, LastPass, which already has a, a sketchy reputation um, because of uh, of data breaches, <laughs> turns out someone put a fake LastPass app on the App Store, and it was up for a while. 
for what at least a week yeah and uh, and it wasn't until i think uh, the uh, the makers of lastpass and i just completely forgot the name of the company until they caught it and and put out a uh, like a blog post saying, "Hey, there's this bogus version of LastPass. We did not make this. Do not download it." And and then they also reached out to Apple, and um, and then the app got pulled from the App Store, but it went completely through the uh, the review process and was up on the site and it wasn't even like the developer's name with this uh fake version of LastPass was close to the actual company's name it, it was like some guy's name yeah who is definitely not go to which is a fairly sizable company mm-hmm yeah they're also the people that make log me in Log me in. That's what I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. So log me in is another product, not the name of the company. Yeah. It used to be the, the name of the company, but they changed it last or two years ago now. Oh, okay. So I'm just behind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fair. Up with it. Yeah. But, I mean, this just shows the, I mean, the, the this just shows how bogus the whole argument from Apple is that the app store is the only way to keep everybody safe and blah, 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 mm -hmm. because it's proven that it's not true. I mean, yeah, better than nothing. I'm not saying they're not doing a lot, but it's not the only way and it's not a hundred percent. Well, yeah, Patrice, thank I mean, you for the qualification because I was going to argue with you on that. Um, you know, I mean, look, it's humans are involved. And so yeah. right there, there's a failure point. So, you know, this is one that somebody got sloppy or didn't look at it or didn't appreciate it, but it's a whole lot better than than nothing. And yeah. so, you know, we, we're we're always happy to point to the the places where there's a failure, but you mm -hmm. never see the hundreds or maybe thousands of things that do get intercepted and 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 screened out that you never never know about and apple doesn't think, publish any numbers for that nor no they have no no they have oh have they? I, I, okay. I know they yeah, have they have yeah, published that. numbers they've published numbers okay. how many whatever i think it was even millions or hundreds of millions of rejections because of malware and stuff like that they've had in the year okay yeah, so if, even if it's millions yeah. You know, think of it. That's that's with an M. That's millions mm. of things that they yeah. stop. One gets through. Yeah, but the the, the yeah. point is, they have been in some cases very public and very visible failures. And Apple's argument has been, no, we're basically they've always kind of maintained, oh, we're perfect, and the App Store is the only defense, and all of that. And it's simply, it's wow. it's not true, and it can't be true, and I think it doesn't have to be. I mean, the other part about this, um, and one of the reasons I think this might have got in, the App Store has been very tolerant of copycat apps. Yes. Surprisingly tolerant. Yes. Yeah. Where, I mean, this... I mean, the name is one, literally one letter off. Where, you know, maybe Apple needs to start uh, locking down on those a bit. Especially since there is so much 
there, there's just so much stuff in the app store. But then that you get to cost of moderation and I really hope that with the whole thing that Apple is doing now with alternative marketplace, app marketplaces, and what the DMA in the EU is doing and so on, that that actually pushes Apple to do more. Because I, my personal opinion is they could have been doing more. They, for one reason or another, just didn't feel the need to do. And I think with, with this, they, because now they do have some competition, they maybe can say, okay, like now that there is an alternative, maybe we can just crack down a little bit more. Yeah. And that would also help uh, both consumers and businesses when it comes to uh, search of apps. Mm-hmm. Right. Dave, you're, you're a corporate gatekeeper, really. Uh, in a well, in a situation like this, um, so you you have control over what software can go on on devices. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nothing can be installed without you know IT intervention uh, when when that happens. And that's pretty standard in most companies. Um, that mm -hmm. that you have to you know, that there's there's a software center Microsoft SCCM that's that's the more commonly used tools that that push software out. But uh, everything is in a, in a controlled environment, so that would never happen in the enterprise like that. I mean, we, we yeah. have full control of that. Yeah. Now, in the case of Microsoft, on the other side, on the other end, you know, they are changing things constantly, especially with Teams, especially with uh, OneDrive, and 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 even all the other apps, uh, even Windows for that matter. You know, we you have to stay on top of security patches every month. So that's the same thing. Uh, those are things that we can't control because we're told you're told that. Uh, Hey, this is a this this is a security patch. It's important you got to install it. But then there's times when you install them and then it ends up crashing computers. <laughs> and then oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's been a recent uh, bug out there with uh, with profiles. You know, Microsoft with, with Windows, the way it works is you have uh, uh, you you have your profile. I mean, Macs have the same thing. Macs and PCs both have the same basic concepts as far as having profiles, but. All of a sudden, the profile you the person would sign in, and then there's nothing there. You won't sign in. The files are gone. It's just gone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the we, only remedy we, to that is to have to restore, uh, re delete the old profile, and recreate it. And yeah, wow. Yeah, my la my last corporate job, we would always get in there early on Mondays because we were scared of what would be changing and what wouldn't be working. Right. When when a pa on Windows PC. Tuesday comes around and, and yeah. you're and you're pushing mm -hmm. that stuff, you know. But I mean, they go through. Every company goes through vigorous testing before that those patches are released. Believe me, I mean, yeah. it's. But you could do as depends much. Depends on the company. In the world. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah but <laughs> some, some some companies are, don't have those resources. <laughs> and, and, and true, but yeah, but, but smaller you know, smaller companies like I I would get infuriated with my customer base sometimes. That like I'd get a customer phoning up and going, "Oh, it's a patch. Let's install it." Yeah, we've installed. Well, no, not not even that. It's kind of like the way Apple presents an update as a minor update. It's like mm -hmm. right. entire new version, and they decided to do all of the computers all at the same time, and then they phone up and go, uh, "Our really important app doesn't work." I'm just like, how many times have I told you, do not <laughs> do not click update, yeah. or if you're gonna do it, just do it on yeah. one machine. 
Yeah. I mean, yes, that, that even happened. That even happened to me. Like, I still don't know how, but I was like, my my work machine was mm -hmm. on. What what came before Ven uh, Sonoma Ventura? Ventura. I don't I don't even remember. See, um, and, yeah, and not, like, not wine on, country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wine like, country, and, and for for a reason. I mean, like that's my that's my work machine. So like, I don't upgrade it to a beta version of of macOS. And my personal Mac is on, on beta versions. So I was like very clear about that. And somehow, I still don't know how, it auto-updated to Sonoma. And some apps broke for sure, because that's what's expected. And that was mm -hmm. caused some problems because all of a sudden some stuff wasn't working. So I still don't know how that happened because it was very like deliberately set to only, only install stable releases and not like beta versions. So yeah, but that, I mean, yeah, that's, you should not do that. No, no. And um, Dave, I'm assuming in your case, if someone somehow <laughs> manages to install an unauthorized app on a device that at some point you'll get a report saying, hey, this is there. And then you can you can remotely nuke that off the device. 100%, yeah. Yes. I take, yeah. I, and again, I generalize because companies, there's many companies do the same thing. Uh, the you know, automatic, general, an automatically generated ticket gets assigned directly to me. And yeah, you have to remove it. This, this was not yeah. on our authorized list mm -hmm. and you can't install it. Somehow they circumvented the, because there are apps out there who, who don't require administrative rights to install apps out mm -hmm. there, unfortunately. Um, and it, it could be as simple as a, you know, a, a Chrome plugin or, or browser plugin, any of that kind of stuff. Those, those are blocked too in the corporate world. It, it, you just have to, there's too much, there's just too much room for, for problems with those. And we can only have approved versions of apps that are a lot that are allowed. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, oh yeah, I get those all the time. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but at least we know what version of LastPass you're not using. I'm not <laughs> using it. <laughs> yes. There is no LastPass. I mean, I'll add it too. I, I, you know, I, I know it's Apple says they have foolproof ways of doing this with, with this and just my comment about, about this. I mean, I, I honestly shame on Apple. I mean, you, LastPass is a very it was a pretty pop is was a pretty popular application, and with all the news that they had over the last few years with their security breach and all that, you would have thought that someone that's on their staff that's scanning and, and approving these apps they, they should have caught that. That certain apps, sense. certain types of apps should simply go through extra levels of scrutiny, especially password managers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or anything that could be used corporately. That too. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, and that's a broad one. I mean, because there are a lot of apps that could be, there yeah, are a well, lot of productivity apps that could be used in a productivity setting. I mean that's that's a big chunk of the uh, of the app store. I would think. Uh, I'll narrow it down for you. Um, enterprise level apps; those yeah. need to have okay. the extra level yeah. of, of scrutiny. Because you're right, um, some company might be using LastPass as their password management tool, or One Password, or something else, or um, and those are clearer because they're password managers. But yeah, what about the uh, private communication tool that they're using? Yeah. Is, right. is it, it, well, you, you have to also take into account with uh, most 
companies these days are not a lot of having our BYOD, bring your own device. So, um, you know, when you have your own device, you can install any app you want. There's no control of it, but there is control as if it's going to get signed into the corporate environment. Mm -hmm. Then that's where it's going to be scrutinized. Okay. Unless mm -hmm. SSO, is, uh, SSO is involved, that's, so you have to you have to utilize that mm -hmm. for that added layer of security. Mm -hmm. No way you're going to sign into a in the corporate environment using those apps. No. Yeah, the the BYOD thing. My feeling is, and and just to be clear, I am not a corporate IT manager on any level. But my feeling is, if uh, if you want me to bring my device and you need to control what goes on my own personal device, then you need to provide me with the device you want me to use because. Yeah. Because the level of responsibility that goes in with with mm -hmm. uh, for the average user trying to keep track of what's on their device, it's corporate versus what's personal, right. and to keep all that stuff separate, and for the for the company to avoid potential security issues on someone's personal device. Holy crap! Just just give me a corporate device. You control what goes on it, and uh, and yeah. and it, let me live with that. And, it, and, that, and that's less... that's where Intune comes in into in, yeah. in your MDMs, you know, like a, mm -hmm. a Azure Azure Information uh, Manager, all yeah. all those types of yeah. uh, second layered uh, apps apps you have to have on your your your, your in mm -hmm. case iPhone. Um, Intune manages it. it the, the, the device will not be able to get on the corporate network at all unless it's registered in the MDM. Right. Yeah, and it's less about data separation. I mean, that's a that is a concern, but a minor concern. I think for most people, that's not a big issue. But it's about security, like the, what can access what in your network right. or in your in your corporate environment and so on. Are like are are the devices on like a security level? Do they have uh, latest patches installed, like latest OS versions installed? All of that, like that's that's what what's most concerning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. I mean, I I can tell you, like we block we block devices if they're not updated. I think Dave, you yeah. probably as well, right? I mean, after time, if, if the yeah. update isn't done, we yeah. can block it. That's what that where the mm -hmm. MDM comes into play. Yeah. You know, using a, an MDM like Jamf, I mean, you, know, mm -hmm. you can say, "Hey, you got to get your OS up to date." You know, if you don't do it, yeah. we're going to block. You're going to we're going to yeah. shut you off. You know, when uh, when your company computer or phone suddenly can't connect to the stuff that you need for work, that's an amazing incentive to comply with update requirements. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we had we literally had that happen. We actually had some devices that now get switched out for newer ones finally, because the mm -hmm. people were holding on to them, but they, now they don't get the latest Android or, or iOS versions that they need. So they have to upgrade. It's corporate devices, like they should have like it should have mm -hmm. been a no brainer to upgrade. They just didn't want to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of no brainers, it's no brainer host. decision. For uh, for quality hosting and domain name purchases, TSO hosts, and yep, they're always uh, compliant too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? Everyone should be TSO compliant. Yep. And uh, here here's the deal. They they offer really solid web hosting service. They make it easy to buy domain names if if you need domain names. They offer good pricing. They offer uh, just fantastic customer support and. And why am I singing their praises like this? Well, because they're taking all of that and they're giving it to us at the British Tech Network. 
what they're doing is giving us the bandwidth we need to stream shows to you live every single week. They're giving us the hosting space we need. So, so there's a place for the website to live. And they're giving us the server storage space. So there's a place for all the show files. So you can watch or listen to shows whenever you want. The resources to do all this, it's actually pretty crazy. So uh, it, it goes beyond what we would be able to manage on our own. So the fact that TSO Host has said, you know, we, we want to do something. We want to give back to the community. And we're going to do that by by offering the resources the British Tech Network needs so that they can do what they do. And here we are. And it's awesome. So we really, really appreciate that TSO Host is here helping us out. And what you can do, um, all of you that are not on the show with a microphone in your face right now, like I am, you can go on social media and let them know that you appreciate that they are here supporting us as well. And it's actually important that we do that because they need to know that uh, that that people are are aware that uh, that this is happening, and it's we live in a world where there's way too much negativity right now. So let's all do something positive, and thank TSO hosts for doing something positive for us. So thank you, TSO hosts, and. Uh, uh, I did mention their services. Let's say you do need to get a domain name like um, chucksonlyfans.com. <laughs> yes. The the alternate URL, what's below the camera.com. And you're thinking, holy crap, I really need this. This is brilliant. Go to TSO Hosts and buy the domain names there because you're going to get a good deal and they make it easy to do. If you decide, you know, I could make a lot of money with this. Well, go ahead and add web hosting packages in there too so that you can set up your website and take advantage of, of, of their hosting services. Regardless of what you get, be sure to include the discount code BTN20 so you get 20% off your order. Uh, so that's taking what's already a really good deal and making it even better. And they're, and they're offering that just because you're part of the BTN family. So thanks again to TSO Hosts and uh, and... Uh, yeah, Patrice, I am so grateful that you are here so that you can you can tell people, please, about the chat. And I'm going to point out again today that last week when I was fumbling <laughs> through the uh, the whole thing about the chats and I'm offering up the links for where to go, and I'm not quite sure if I've got it right. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you've got. <laughs> no, I didn't. I had them wrong. And everyone backed me up saying, no, you've got it. And they were wrong. Patrice, yeah. who was not here, caught it and pointed it out. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I blame I blame you and. Because he he was the first to say yeah 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 that's like that's the correct URL like actually no he told you the, the URL and it was the wrong one so yeah yeah so blame blame Ewan. it's Ewan's fault <laughs> totally yeah. Ewan's fault not not you but it underscores <laughs> how important you are because there there's core functionality at the British Tech Network that doesn't happen without <laughs> it you doesn't work yeah they should automate that um, we need so a we have a spot. We need a Patrice bot, yeah. Um, so we have a really cool, uh, really really cool live chat. When we are recording this show, and also which happens, by the way, every Friday, four p.m. UK time, um, for for this very show, the Mac show, 
and also Thursdays, 7 p.m. UK time for the big show. If you're into the non-Apple side of things like, I don't know, chip design and space tech and gaming and cars and you name it, like anything that's not Apple technology, basically. Um, and then you can just head over to our really awesome chat site, uh, chat.britishtechnetwork.com. And you click a link and you click a button to join and you're in. So that's how easy it is. No registration necessary, nothing. You can literally join from any browser anywhere in the world. I've done it. So it's really cool. And then you can talk to us live. Like you can see the links that we're posting for the new stories, for any extra things that we, we discussed, like the Darknet Diaries um, episode that we mentioned in the pre-show, for example. Um, and the cool things that are coming up, there will be links for that and just anything else that we might have been discussing. You can talk to us, like it's also quite cool. So if you have something to contribute or just want to say hi or whatever, um, you can totally do that. Just head over to chat.britishtechnetwork.com and you can talk to us. That's how easy that is. But let's say you are listening to this in the recorded form. So in your favorite podcast player of choice in on the website, britishtechnetwork.com, wherever you find our content. Of course, you cannot join the live chat anymore. That's not how that works, but you can still get to all the, like all the cool things, all the links, see everything that was talked about, like really everything. We have a little bot in our chat that just records everything and puts it up on our website. So if you head over to britishtechnetwork.com forward slash chat, and then there's a little calendar that asks you for a date and you put literally any date between, well, now, today, which is the February the 9th, 2024, and so any time between today and I think somewhere something like the 2nd of June, 2015, any date in between, you will see literally what was talked about in our live chat on that day. So uh, Thursdays or Fridays are good to check because, yeah, you see what was talked about in 2016 on a big show somewhere randomly. So that's an, that's also a fun time travel thing to go back and say, wow, that, that, that were the news stories back then? Wow. So <laughs> go do that. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. Because Well done. Well done. Yes. Because now we know it's been done right. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess now it is time to do some cool things. And it looking is. at the list, Dave, you have the first cool thing here. I have a cool thing. It's, it's a battery. I know we get excited about batteries, external batteries. <laughs> this thing is a beast. This is uh, made by a company called Ramas. Ramas. This thing is heavy. It's 952 grams, almost two pounds. Ooh. So this thing is pretty beastly. But it is a 40,000 milliamp. Uh, battery and it also it'll charge i three charge ipads up to three times and iphones you can get up to nine times um, i don't know if there's something you'd want to really travel with i mean it has a, it has a usb a and it's got usb c and for some reason it still has on the usb micro usb connector too which i don't know why but it's there but usb c that's most important um but uh, it's something that could sit on your desk something you'd have as a, as a, a great way beyond having a plug to plug into the power and then you just charge back up when it's full and mm. the best part is it's 50 percent off right now the, the price was originally 53 dollars us it's now 27 dollars for for wow. a forty thousand milliamp battery that's a pretty gosh kind of deal 
if you have a Vision Pro, that might actually be go. a really good idea. Instead of buying a $200 like Apple exactly. Vision Pro battery, uh, just buy one of or five of these you, and you can just charge up the Apple right? battery. And, and just have no, but you can just charge up the Apple battery, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. if you're if you're running off of external power, not the battery mm -hmm. pack, yeah. you're still kind of running off the battery pack because yeah. it's a pass through cable. Exactly. So you could plug this into the built-in battery, yep. and mm -hmm. when that when this thing drains, plug another cool. one in, and you don't have to power down your headset exactly to be able to. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's twenty-seven bucks. Wow. That's what attracted me to it more so because it was but that was a pretty pretty amazing deal for for a mm -hmm. battery of this size and 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 those yeah. for charging. All right. Dave, nice pick. Dave, it looks from the excuse me it looks from the photo that there's a an led display showing the charge amount oh, yep does, right there. does that yeah does that does that stay on constantly or do you have to no. touch it okay to touch it's, it. so it's yeah okay so if you yeah if you plug it if you plug the item in i think it uh oh just lost you guys oh we didn't lose you yeah we're here no. <laughs> yeah if you plug it in it, it comes on and then um and then uh, uh it'll go off yeah that's a really nice feature because you know the, the the little battery lights of you know one two three or one two three four five it's like well that's great but that's not really very precise so mm -hmm. the idea that you have that that indicator is really really nice on this yeah hmm. nice. and it's an 18 18 watch 18, 18 watt, watt charger. charger right yeah yeah it charged yeah. up the iPad pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's probably not enough to run run your MacBook off of if the no. battery is really dead. Oh, your MacBook what? Pro rather. It might slow the decharge down. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which might be enough. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Um, super cool price. All right, Ben, tell us about your pick. Oh, I think I have this spin. Should I go next? I think Ben has some. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, th there's some vacuuming going upstairs. Uh, um, I'll go. Actually, it just ended. Yeah. Okay. Sounds fine to us. Um, yeah. but okay. There it goes again. Um, crap. All right. Well, then, Patrice, you do yours. Ben will come back to you. By the way, we could hear Ben just fine. No noise and anything. So. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I'll go next then. Um, my cool thing is a TV show from this year. It is uh, like the title is Echo, and how do I describe it? Like that's it's it's a challenging one. It's kind of in the in the um like it it's a it's a follow on story from um. Mar it's a Marvel show follow-on from uh, from Hawkeye. The... Hawkeye. Hawkeye, exactly. Thank you. You you were exactly you knew what I was looking for from Hawkeye. Um so there's one of the characters in, in Hawkeye, uh it's Echo, and she like it's her story basically. And um it's the first, I think it's either the first or one of the first, it's definitely one of it's definitely the first um TV major TV show written performed everything by like native americans like i mean completely 100 like i mean there's there's other there's no native characters in them but like the 
like the producers, the main cast, I think most of the main cast, um, like music, everything. Yeah, they even involved the Choctaw Nation in the development yes. of that show. Yes. So it's, I, I don't know how good or bad it is, but for what it's worth, I found that I one really fascinating and about damn time. So uh, I, I thought it was a wonderful series. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like how to explain the what it is about. <laughs> It, that's it, it's like it's the story of her and her let's say stepdad adopted dad the kingpin yeah uncle uh, uncle kingpin uncle, uncle Pink, kingpin and mm -hmm. like i mean she has she echo she has a history <laughs> that is not what i really liked is, is she, like it's not a traditional hero and bad person she's kind of ambiguous like she is yeah. good, bad, like eh, somewhere. It's kind of fluid, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, after leaving the the res, uh, she basically grew up under her her dad, who was a criminal, mm -hmm. and then under Kingpin, who is definitely a criminal. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. It... I, yeah, and I she, thought it was really well done. Yeah, she she goes back basically. It's like she's in New York, and then like she has to, I think, go back to her hometown, um, and and kind of she through that she kind of reconnects with her with her roots, um, with the what her family really means and why they're there. And there's a really like nice connection also back like through history. Like she reconnects with her ancestors basically, and and her mm -hmm. like not her like grandparents, whatever like centuries back um it's really well done it's, it's a really good is that she's in, like a little bit morally and what she does ambiguous and i think she's she also is like she doesn't really know like do i want to be here like she she's kind of forced to go there and then yeah. she doesn't really know like do i want to stay here do i need to leave and it's kind of kind of in between but she really reconnects with with her past and with the people and and figures out how important those are for her and for her life so it's a really cool story yeah, she reconnects with her sister, so it's well, it's it's it has everything like action. It has family stuff. It, it it's her it's her two cousins. Oh, cousins! Yeah, no sisters. You're yeah. right. But might as well yeah. be sister. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty. They were they were really close at some point and just mm -hmm. kind of yeah. drifted apart. I mean, probably due to Kingpin. So mm -hmm. that's a safe bet. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yep. If if you haven't yeah. watched Echo, watch Echo. And if yeah. you haven't watched um, Hawkeye, well, watch Hawkeye because it's really yes. good. But you don't it have to watch like... Hawkeye to watch Echo. They no. give you enough. Yeah. yeah. It it's Hawkeye plays barely a role in this. Like it, yeah. it's mentioned here or there, but it's not it's not really super important. It's just that's where it started. Um, yeah. There's like Vincent D'Onofrio as as Kingpin as well. Like he's really good. He's great. Yeah, so they have they have like a really really good cast and that mm -hmm. I really enjoyed. Yeah, and I mean, in many ways, it's also a follow on from the Netflix Daredevil show. Yes, and and the associated so shows mm -hmm. there. Yeah, yeah, which I think okay, except for uh, Iron Fist, is some of the the best Marvel storytelling. Because mm -hmm. you get to be there, like 
on the street with the people that are living these lives, not yeah. not these mm -hmm. elite godlike characters. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, and that, that was kind of what was interesting about Hawkeye is that you have an Avenger going down to the street level. Yeah, and it was a was a like physically broken person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's not the godlike creatures that basically can't do any harm to, and no matter what they do, they kind of come out like without a scratch or no like real consequences to their bodies. And Hawkeye is not that. Yeah, never and, been. Yeah, yeah, and I I will say one thing about Echo. There is some controversy here, um, mostly from people who are not Native American. Mm -hmm. uh, that they changed her power set and her origin a little bit. It's just like, but honestly, Echo, as she was in the com comic books, was basically a, a Native American taskmaster. Yeah. This, give, this gives her power set uh, both something unique and representation to Native Americans yeah. and their beliefs. Yeah, yeah I... Exactly. I mean, I, I expected there would be some controversy because some people just can't deal with real life. But I I really, mm -hmm. I honestly really enjoyed also the, like the music, for example, which is from what I know, native, real, like not something yeah. westernized. Yeah, it, it was wonderful. Yeah, but really I, I have to say, Alakwa Cox has the potential to be a true star. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, in my eyes, she already is. Same. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right, Ben, your vacuum is not running. Excuse me, for those of you in the UK, no one is hoovering at Ben's place now. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's do your cool thing. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, this is going to be a little something that most people know. Uh. I think it's Jeff that has the uh, fake, uh, what do they call the, the new stuff? Fine woven version? Yep. And, and I have this band also. Yes. Yeah, this is the uh, leather. I'm not sure if it's actual leather, but at least uh, whatever it is, it's leather light. It, it is not actual leather. Yeah, no, it's not. But it's... I wouldn't say it's inexpensive. There's a lot cheaper bands out there. But uh, as far as the magnetic cla clasp band knockoff, this is really good. Um, yeah. It stays on there really good, really well. Uh, unlike my... Uh, Melanie's loop here since there it's a constant magnet over the entire surface of the watch this mm -hmm. thing does not move unless I physically pull it off yeah and and you know I misspoke this one actually is leather it's leather yeah yeah because yeah. I I have two versions of this and one of them came from AliExpress the AliExpress one was not actually leather it was leather-ish Mm -hmm. But this this one actually is leather. Yeah. Um, it comes in like close to a dozen different colors. Uh, since I have the blue Apple Watch, I obviously went with the blue. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just really well made. It stands up and it's like what half half the price of Apple's true version. It's also available for the smaller Apple Watch size. And yes, Apple it is. only makes one for, for the larger watch. Yep. And they also have it in actually they have it in three different sizes. Um, one is basically for the large Apple Watch size that has both a seven inch and a nine inch uh kind of band parts. Uh but mm-hmm. they have the the smaller size Apple Watch, which has the uh six inch to eight inch, but they also offer a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Which basically has the uh, 38 slash 41 uh, lugs or no, with, with the lar- large size lugs with the smaller size bands. So if you're someone with a smaller wrist but prefers the larger size watch. Okay. Nice. Well, um, I've had my band uh, mine's actually a different brand name but it's the same band because they're all coming out of the same factory oh yeah which is probably the same factory as the apple factory but on the night shift yes yep and mine mine is actually a few years old now it has gone through multiple apple watches and it still looks and works great so awesome okay nice pick um all right, I believe Chuck, you are next. Okay, you guys have cost me so much money. You're welcome. I kind of try to. It's what I we do. To, yeah, I kind of try to put it out of my mind as to who's recommended what because then I just get upset with the fact that you cost me money. That said, this may be a repeat pick, or I may have picked this up somewhere else. But this is the—I guess I'm pronouncing the company right. Sodi, Sodi, um, continuity count camera mount for the desktop. Uh, monitor and iMac. I really, really like this as opposed to some of the ones that are made by some of the brands that you know, because this one is completely adjustable, including the ability to tilt. So I'm still kind of working out exactly how my office works, but behind me is where I spend most of my time. That's where I do office-oriented web uh, Zoom calls. And so I really want a a continuity camera or a more permanent mount instead of having to pull things out and move them around. I just want it there. And so I've got an old iPhone. I'm ready that I've I've repurposed for this. Um, That is just fine because you know you're on a Zoom call, so you don't need super high quality video for that. And this allows me to just stick it on there, leave it on there, run the run the cable up behind the monitor, so it's always powered. And then angle it any way I need to angle it to, you know, show what I'm what I need to show. Um, it's not terribly expensive. It's called twenty four dollars right now, and it's it's rock solid. Um, but just the idea that it's adjustable that you're not just put it mounting it on and then having to adjust it by moving the entire monitor or lid of your MacBook. Um, is is kind of the killer feature for me. So if you're looking for something like this, give this a try because I found it to be very versatile, very solid, and just exactly what I needed. Yeah, yeah. I see two killer features on this. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, number one, it's even more adjustable than people think because the actual part with MagSafe uh, can detach from the stand and become a laptop clip. Oh, and cool. two, uh, if you're not using it on a monitor, well, there's one other really nice uh, use case for it uh, because it can become your uh, continuity camera stand for uh, for Apple TV uh, web calls. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, man, I hadn't thought about that. You're right. I mean, I'm not sure. I, this is something that... I, I don't care for any of the stands that have the camera down low so they're, you know, looking up your nose. You know, I wanted something that's a lot a lot closer to a reasonable looking straight across like like I'm doing right now to to this camera. Um I think you just in a professional environment you look more professional. You look like you know what you're doing and instead of just well I'm in, I'm in 2018 and we haven't done the pandemic yet and I don't understand video conferencing. So. <laughs> hey, Chuck, um, just, just so you know, when you have the camera that points down low or aims low, you're not supposed to point it at your nose. That's not what that's for. <laughs> Thank you for the clarifying that, The best part that, was Jeff. watching your head, <laughs> yeah, your face as, as you caught up and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but thank you. This, but this listen. If that's your use case, then you can angle this camera any way, or your continuity camera any way you want with this device. And just like so, that, it became a business expense. Yep, have at it, Jeff. All right, and and uh, uh, tw twenty four bucks. So nice. I, yeah, yeah, I like the price. Yeah, and okay. before we move on, I would like to apologize to Will. Um, you know, this is what you got yourself into, Will. Hey. I'm looking at it, right? Now, now Will, you were here last week. You're back here this week. You already knew what this is. Chuck, you don't need to apologize. Will, this is on you because you came back of your own free will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all my own fault. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's all on you. Um, all right. Speaking of, uh, what's your what's your pick? Um, so um, you guys might be aware of it. I don't know. Um, so um, I call it the best screen protector in the world. It's uh, called Protection Pro by a company called Madico. Mm -hmm. And I hate putting my phone in cases. Um, so I generally run my phone naked. Um, and um, I've been pretty lucky over the years that I haven't dropped it. But um, I was introduced to this product last year. And so we've got a video on our website of us hitting iPhones with hammers that is covered in this uh, this uh, this uh, film, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And um, it it really it really um, makes an impression when I'm at networking events and I get my phone out and hit it with a hammer um, because that's like what are you people like what are you doing? But this stuff is really cool. Um, one of our suppliers has actually got videos of them throwing iPads off several stories of buildings and uh, stuff like that. So um, it's a film. You can apply it to the front. You can apply it to the back of the device. You can even go around the sides. Scratch resistant, hammer resistant. And uh, 
I know that it works because my new iPhone 15 Pro Max, uh, I dropped on the floor the other day and it landed on a stone, um, screen down, and the uh, screen protector was uh, had a mark on it, but the but the screen was absolutely untouched, and so I just tore it off, put another one on, and it's different to like glass or uh, the plastic protectors because again on our website we've got we hit three iPhones. One that's got a, uh, no protection on, one that's got regular um, screen protector, and then one that's just got the Protection Pro product on. And the first two, broken screen, broken screen protector, but the uh, but the one with Protection Pro on is uh, untouched. And it doesn't, doesn't have to just be on Apple devices. It can go onto, well, it'll go onto an iPhone, go onto an iPad, go onto an Apple Watch, any Android device. It'll even go onto a Tesla screen. So, um, and that one's like an anti-reflective one as well. So they do just the standard version. They do a matte version and they also do a privacy version as well. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool product. And we actually had the guy who invented it in the shop the other day. And he said that what they used to do for their viral videos was to wrap devices in Protection Pro, throw it up into the air and fire a shotgun at them. Um, so, which is, it's a very American way of testing something. Um, right. So, um, but yeah, so that's my, that's my cool thing. All right. Very cool. I do not recommend shooting your, your electronic devices or yeah. people, um, or hitting it with a hammer or hitting it with a hammer. <laughs> but if you're in the United States, I guess that, that's, that's a thing. Oh, I got this yep. new screen protector here, and uh, we're gonna test this yep. out. I I got some yep. some double up buckshot, and we're gonna shoot my phone. Yep. If for my next video, I'm going to be, I'm going to try it against uh, a 50 cal BMP. So you know, just to show the culture, just show the culture difference. The way we do it in the UK is we wrap an egg in Protection Pro and then drop it off a balcony. That's that's our version of yeah. shooting something. And in the US, <laughs> when in doubt, C4. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, Will, I'm I'm curious. I've always found non non-cased iPhones kind of slippery. Does mm. does this add any kind of grippiness to it? I mean, I wouldn't think so since it's a film, but yeah, it doesn't it, 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 it doesn't feel slippy to me. But maybe I'm just used to it. So, and you know, I generally have my device by the by the sides rather than the back. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's it, it's no it's no more slippy than 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 if it than if it was just not nothing on it at all. Um, but you know, it's Protection Pro, so I don't care whether it falls on the floor or not. It's protected. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Thanks. And uh, I guess that means it's my turn now. Yep. Show us our Legos, Jeff. You were here yesterday. I did Lego yesterday. So today I'm I'm uh, doing... Uh, more Lego? No. Uh, today my pick is Chuck's OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> uh, all I have to say is the, is the new features for Vision Pro. Oh, chef's kiss. Anyhow. No. Um, and Chuck's like, Oh no, I'm building an image in my head and I no. Um all right, so uh just recently 
uh, someone is asking me if there's an easy way for them to like pick colors and build color palettes where they're not using, you know, like, like a big, like Photoshop or something like that. Cause all, all they need is like, Oh, here's these, these different colors that I know are in a, in a keynote presentation. I, I just need those. So I have a separate palette. So I know what colors I'm working with. And uh, it turns out the answer is yes. And I found it, it's called SIP. And, um, it's a it's a, a simple color picker palette builder and it will even let you know if you have uh, uh, appropriate contrast between colors you know like if you're if you're doing uh, a website or app development where you need to have enough contrast for for readability and uh, and you can build palettes with a, basically as many colors as you want you can have multiple palettes and uh, it's 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 just a simple little tool. It, it lives in your menu bar and you can even have your palettes like attached to the edge of your screen. So they're just right there when you need to pick colors, you can export your palettes, just super easy. I have literally no idea how much this costs because it's available in setup. And um, it's just, it's, it's a great little tool that does exactly what it's supposed to do. I have not played with uh, the synchronization part yet. You can uh, you can link it. I, I think it's through your iCloud account, so you can have your like if you're if you're building color palettes on one Mac, you can have them automatically appearing on another Mac. So there you go, simple little tool. It's right there mm -hmm. in Setapp. So I don't care how much it costs because it's I just downloaded it, tested it, and it works. Very nice already installed there you go and um, um when, when you start playing around with it at first you'll be like I, i'm not sure if this is doing what what i thought it was going to do but then as but then as you start clicking on more colors you're like, oh i get it it's building my palette for me right here and um and then when you when you see the other tools for contrast and, and stuff it's like oh yeah, yeah it's all right here right in front yeah. of me What's, what's cool is it seems to do, like it's called smart formats. So if you're using the color palette in like a web browser and in Xcode, for example, in, in a Swift project, you can literally configure that and say, okay, and so in like Safari, I want to use CSS hexadecimal format, but in Xcode, I want to use RGB for Swift UI. Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't even played with that part yet. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I saw that was there, but... Um, it didn't click just how useful that is until you started talking mm -hmm. about it now. That's cool. All right. So with that, um, I guess we'll wrap up for the day. Will, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us at the infinite loop.co.uk. Um, and uh, if you need any Apple repairs or you're looking to buy any Macs uh, or any Apple devices, um, we've got an online store. Um, so, yeah, theinfiniteloop.co.uk. Awesome. And Dave, where can people find you? Find me at InTouchWithiOS at InTouchWithiOS.com. On my YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash InTouchWithiOS. I'm here on Fridays on the Mac show as we're here today, as well as I'm on every Tuesday night on Mac Voices Live with chuck and our crew 
And uh, you can also find me on Mastodon. It's at DaveG65 and Mastodon.club. Thank you. Awesome. And uh, Ben, where can people find you? Well, Jeff, you can find me on your social media of choice at Ben Raythink. You can find my articles at Raythink.tech. On Tuesdays, you can find me on this little show called Mac Voices Live with Chuck Joyner. On Thursdays, you can find me on In Touch of iOS with Dave Ginsburg. And of course, every Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday afternoon slash morning slash whatever time it is, wherever you are. God, I just channeled Chuck. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on uh, here, here on the British Tech Network, Network on the Big and Mac shows. Awesome. Speaking of channeling, Chuck, Chuck, it's that was just a stupid transition, but whatever. Chuck, where can people find you? That was me knocking things over here. Um, you can <laughs> find me. Sorry about that. You can uh, you can find me at macvoices.com. That's where you'll see everything that we're doing. Um, we're in the process of releasing yet more CES interviews along with interspersing some of our more regular content so it doesn't get too far out of date. Um, as has been mentioned, we do Mac Voices Live on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. With pretty much everybody here, Patrice usually has to stay up late. Um, if she's available, she comes. Mm -hmm. um, Will, you are absolutely cordially invited. If you want to stay up late too, you're more than welcome at any time. Just let me know. Um, and on the socials, you can find everything else as, as at Chuck Joyner. Awesome. All right. And uh, Patrice, with the awesome sci-fi uh, animation behind you, where where can people find you? <laughs> sci-fi, yep. Um, you can find me every week here on the Mac Show on Fridays and also on the Big Show on Thursdays. So as I mentioned before, if you're into the non-Apple side of things, that is also a show for you. You can find out everything about me, all the social media links, the podcast, the projects, everything I'm doing literally on my website, thepatrice.com. And if you want to join Mastodon and you know me or Ben or anybody or like really on this panel, I have my own Mastodon instance. I run that with some like a very limited group of really awesome people. And if you know us, you can absolutely join. I'll we'll give you an invite link. There's some podcasts on there, like Touch with iOS, British Tech Network, mm. some others now, um, Fully Flashback, for example. And yeah, just go like reach out to us. It's techhangout.social. So that is out. Awesome. All right. And uh, for for me, social medias, Jay Gamut on uh, on all of them. And I'm active right now on Mastodon, Instagram, and Threads. And um, then for shows, most Tuesday evenings, Chuck lets me join in on Mac Voices Live. If I'm ever not there, it's because he said no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That's actually wow. not true. That's not true. <laughs> if if I'm not there, it's because the timing didn't work, and I just and I just simply couldn't be there. Um, wow, that was so mean of me. I'm sorry, Chuck. This is like the whipping boy on Chuck episode. I mean, what's yeah. going on? Only fans. You know, you, you know what they say, Chuck. It's when when you when you really love someone, that's the person you want to pick on all the time. Okay, I'll 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 go with that for now. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Um, so Tuesdays, Chuck's uh, Mac Voices Live. Then Thursday, Dave uh, lets me join in on In Touch with iOS. And then here on the British Tech Network, Thursday's on the big show, Friday's on the Mac show. And uh, and then also Brian Chaffin and I do the context machine. And uh, I think I hit the important stuff. So with that, thank you to all of you for being so, so awesome. And Chuck, thank you for being so tolerant of me today. Um, seriously, all of you are awesome. And I, and I'm just really happy that I get to spend my Friday morning with all of you. It just puts a smile on my face. And for everyone that's watching, listening live, participating in the chat, thank you for being here and being part of the show. You are all awesome. Everyone that watches or listens to the shows later, thank you for being part of the BTN family as well. And TSO host, thank you for being here to support us. Give them some online love. Uh, Ewan, thank you for being you. Muller, thank you for making sure we have people for shows. And uh, speaking of shows, do not forget to check out the daily news show. Five minutes, you get all the tech news you need, and uh, then you're back on with your day. And Kyle is just fantastic with that show. So uh, check it out and throw money at it because it takes extra money to make that happen. So so uh, please give us some money to keep the daily news show happening um, for the rest of forever. And let's see, speaking of forever, wow, the shows just keep going. So that means that you need to tune in next Thursday for the big show. And then again, next Friday for the Mac show. But in between that, we have a weekend. So <laughs> I'm choked up because I'm not going to get to see you a weekend. Also hairball, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Anyhow. So everyone have an awesome weekend and we will see you next week.